I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. everybody to the important nonsense podcast 32 teams in 32 days breaking down every nfl team before the start of the 2021 fantasy season for you once again i am neil smith joined as always by mr steve bottom hey don't you know there hey go around there one time you get kirk drum the ball there and with that yes we'll bury the lead we are we are going to talk about the minnesota vikings today folks we teased it at the end of the last show it is the 14th of August as we sit down to record this. So if anything we're going to say here and discuss sounds a little bit dated, check out the wrap-up show. We'll correct that right before the fantasy season starts here. That'll go up like right before draft weekend for you. And uh, check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. If you like what you hear, help us keep the lights on. And this year, for $1, $1 a month, one little dollar, you can join our Discord through our Patreon. Talk to Steve. Talk to myself. Talk to our whole staff. We have got everybody on there. Talk to that FDF nerd. He'll be happy to answer your start sit questions. He'll be happy to answer the questions at all. <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fantastic season. So come and enjoy that with us uh, as we roll forward here. But as always, everything we're gonna discuss is based on twelve team PPR, and we uh, we will be referencing our own collateral as well as the Fantasy Pros ECR. We might talk a little underdog fantasy. You never know where the conversation is going to go. But we've talked about it here. We already kind of we already kind of teased it. We're going to talk Vikings today. And you can't talk Vikings without talking Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, you Ooh, could, but I you'd mean, be missing something. I'd prefer to, to be honest. But <laughs> fortunately for this, Kirk Cousins is actually kind of a short conversation. It's he is he is the epitome of game manager at this point. He is exactly NFL average. <laughs> like right. he's NFL average in every way. And because of that, it translates to he's fantasy average. So I know that he's been in the top 16 the last couple of years. He's had he's had some success. A lot of that's due to some of the skill guys that we'll get into here in a moment, because that's the real reason to talk about the Vikings. Uh, but for Kirk Cousins himself, he is what he is. He's got not a lot of upside. He's got a relatively high floor. Actually, he's got a very comfortable floor because you kind of know what you're getting. Doesn't take a whole lot of chances with the football. And uh, he's certainly not a Konami code running back, but his rushing floor isn't zero, as we've seen. So you will get a little bit of rushing out of Kirk Cousins. It's just, there's very little in the way of ceiling. Would you not agree? Yeah, exactly. Uh, We've talked about this a bunch in the offseason, Pat. But basically... Kirk Cousins, he had a couple of top 10 performances, top 10 seasons in Washington when they were throwing and playing from behind a whole bunch. When they were terrible. Exactly. When they were horrendous. But uh, yeah, he has not actually finished higher than top 13 since coming to Minnesota. So he has not been a top 12 a QB one in his time in Minnesota. He hasn't finished outside of the top 20 
but on a points per game basis, he also hasn't finished inside QB one territory. So like you said, perfect bye week fill in perfect QB two. If you're in super flex, great. If you're in a league that penalizes, uh, interceptions like Scott fishbowl, then he's great there. But yeah, you're really looking at a mid tier 15 ish range quarterback who's just okay it's worth noting they spent their third round pick this year on kellen mond texas a&m but just keep in mind as much as you know you may want to have the hype train of oh man is this the beginning of the end he's making 35 million dollars this year it's all (laughs) guaranteed and next season he's making 45 million dollars and it's all guaranteed Yes. So there is no chance they are getting out of Kirk Cousins this year or next year. He's an unrestricted free agent after that. Maybe then it's the Kellen Mond show. It's something to discuss for next season, absolutely. But for this year, it's still Kirk Cousins. It's business as usual. Yeah, and with that, you know what you're getting. We already kind of laid it out. I've yeah. got him at 16 in my personal rankings. He's 14 on our website. I'm guessing you have him somewhere in that neighborhood. His ECR is right in that neighborhood. I'm guessing his ADP might be the only reason reason to discuss it would be my guess if i was reading tea leaves because usually because of how unsexy it is you sometimes can get kirk Kirk cousins Cousins is at 18 in adp right now so there you go so you can get kirk cousins usually for a little bit of a value for what you're actually going to get it's not something i would get overly excited about but you can usually get him at some kind of a value and it looks like this year will be no different so again i've got cousins at 19 um and that's mainly because of what I just talked about. He has no ceiling, yep. gives you a solid floor, but there are other guys out there that have bigger upside that I'd rather take a chance on. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of just depends on what you're exactly you're looking for. And really the best part about Kirk Cousins and his consistency, it really has nothing to do with Kirk Cousins, his own fantasy value, because we've kind of lined that up. It's not something you're excited about. And realistically, he's a solid bi-week filling and backup quarterback for your team. And that's really it. But he is good enough to not crater out any of the skill position guys, which really is the reason to get excited about anything Vikings related. So we'll talk about what matters, right? That's you. And Kellen Mond, as we said, that's not draftable. It's a name to know for two years from now, maybe. Right. And that's it. So it, that's, that's, all, that's all there is to say. So you talk about what matters. And what matters is Dalvin Cook. And the nice thing about this is not that much to say about it. He's my RB2. I'm guessing yep. he's your RB2. He's, he's the universe's RB2 for fantasy yep. this year. He's electric. We've all seen Dalvin Cook play. If this is your first year, you'll enjoy watching Dalvin Cook play. <laughs> yeah. You'll enjoy it. The he's knock great. on Dalvin Cook in his, early in his career was he didn't have enough muscle, taking a lot of hits and getting hurt. Um, but he's stayed relatively healthy. Well, he's fixed that problem by adding muscle. <laughs> yeah, he, he's <laughs> stayed relatively healthy since then. Uh, he missed a couple of games last season, but even then, he, uh, he he's occasionally banged up, but on a points-per-game basis, he's a monster. Yeah. He's there's a reason he's the RB two for just about everybody in the industry. And you you can draft away and you can feel great about it. For me, he's even in the same tier as Christian McCaffrey. It's those two guys that I feel like I can take. And I feel amazing about it. Like that's, those are the best two choices for the entire year. And then realistically, we can talk about Alexander Madison briefly, because there's nothing else in the running back room to talk about besides those two guys. Alexander Madison is the, has been the backup to Dalvin cook for quite a while now. And for a long time, he was regarded as kind of like the handcuff, like the, ooh, you gotta, if you got Dalvin Cook, you got to get Alexander Madison, because if something happens to Cook, they love Madison. He'll come in and be a top 20 back. 
And over time, we've kind of seen that that's not strictly speaking the case. Yeah. So I would argue that Alexander Madison is has value to a certain kind of paltry degree, but he's not in one of those situations where if something was to happen to Dalvin Cook, that they're suddenly going to just toss Alexander Madison the keys to the car and said, you're up, kid. That's not going to happen. They'll they'll work something out, as we've seen before, and they'll have Amir Abdullah coming out to to take some carries and they won't give the whole job to Alexander Madison. So I guess the real conversation is here is we all know draft Alvin cook. If you have the opportunity at the two overall and you'll be happy, but do you have any interest in even rostering Alexander Madison at this point? Um, the problem with Alexander Madison is unlike a Tony Pollard who we've talked about before or a Kenyon Drake or a James Conner, any, anybody like that, they have their own established role. Yes. Even when we get to New Orleans here in a couple of days, Latavius Murray, even yes. Latavius Murray has an established role. Particularly if Taysom Hill is the quarterback. We'll Alexander Madison's role on Minnesota is drink that blue on the sideline. <laughs> Until purple. Dalvin Cook purple. gets How tired. dare you? Ed Gatorade is purple. Right. It, drink the grape. Yeah. Get a better TV. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but no, it's it's sit on the sideline and wait for something to happen to Dalvin Cook. He has literally no use in your lineup on your team until something happens to Dalvin Cook. He is the prototypical handcuff where he has no value, no real value, to anyone except the Dalvin Cook owner. That's it. And so for me, for this year, it's going to be a little different. I'm actually going to recommend that you just leave Alexander Madison out there. And if yeah. you have Dalvin Cook and you have an extra roster spot, because that's the way the team shakes out, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't then feel, I'm okay with it. But don't I don't feel I'm obligated, not though. Yeah. You don't have to feel obligated to do that, though. If there are better options available, I would take them and just be prepared to spend a lot of fab potentially on it. But here's the reason why I'm saying that. What's the best case scenario for Al- We've played this game periodically. What's the best case for Alexander Madison? If Dalvin Cook got hurt, where does he go? Top 20. Right. So, and that's, I'd say borderline, right? From what that's we've seen in the case, past, yeah. like best case scenario. So that's the only reason to roster him is that you're hoping that something happens to Dalvin Cook. And so when you're getting into guys like that, I'd be more inclined to just let it go. And then the only person that should be really interested at all is the, is the Dalvin cook owner at the end of the draft and everybody else. There's probably better options available. He's RB 47 in our projections. And it just, there's, there's other guys to your point. Latavius Murray is a great example. Like I would, I've got Alexander Madison at 51 because Latavius Murray has his own job and, and will get a bigger job. If something was to happen to Camara, he, I mean, he's significantly higher than that. He's up in the like he's up at like forty. So Madison is down there with Rashad Penny. So it's just like I'm not I'm not interested in Madison. Yeah. And Madison, I have at fifty. You're right by Penny and Kelly and Philip Lindsay. Those yep, type Phillip of guys. Philip Lindsay, right there. Yeah, Philip Lindsay, Giovanni and, uh, Bernard. He's forty-seven in the ADP. So it's right in line with that. But again, I just the only way I have any kind of interest in it is. If, if I, I have a share of Dalvin Cook and I'm trying to protect that. But yep. even then, if you're drafting your team, 
properly, you more than likely have a third running back that can replace it with better production than what you'd get from Madison. Right. So there's really no reason to get too excited about Alexander Madison yeah. at this point. The only reason that you would want to get excited about Alexander Madison, you know, quote unquote reach based on his ADP is if you're one of those that has the philosophy of, I have the two pick, I take Dalvin Cook, and because I have Dalvin Cook, I punt running back. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and that, I just, uh, like, running backs get swept up through the back end of the first and the second, and all of a sudden it gets to you, and it's a whole lot of garbage at RB2, and you're just like, uh, I'm going to take the top five wide receivers here back-to-back and just dominate at wide receiver, have Dalvin Cook, and rotate RB2. Yeah, if that's the case, then yes, Alexander Madison will give you better production than any of those mediocre twos that may. There you go. Outside of that, outside of that very specific specific, scenario. Yes, it's so specific outside of that one specific scenario. Stay away. There you go. So there's nothing else to talk about at the running back room because we touched on Amir Abdullah. He doesn't matter. He's only there in case something happens to Delvin Cook and then he'll come in and spell uh, Alexander Madison at various points. It's not something to, to draft or to really even like get wrapped up in. We've seen Amir Abdullah play football for years. It's not something to invest in. So at that point, what we're going to talk about is I think we're going to go right into wide receiver and wide receiver has kind of been fun recently in Minnesota. And you haven't been able to say that for a long time because yeah. Especially in the Stefanski years before he moved on to Cleveland, they could only support one wide receiver. So this was a really short conversation. You just talked about Adam Thielen for five seconds and then you moved on. Well, now it's a little bit different because. Well, and Stefan Diggs. And Stefan Diggs. That's a good point. They had Stefan Diggs for a good chunk of that, too. But again, remember the beefing because they couldn't support two guys with how many right. opportunities. And they, they, and they chose Kirk Cousins over Stefan Diggs. Yes, right. I remember. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and what, a, what a choice. What a choice. Yeah. What a choice. Yeah quality Minnesota leadership decision right there. Let's go with let's go with Kirk Cousins over what turned out to be probably the third best wide receiver in all football. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds like the decision making I'm used to coming out of Minnesota. Yeah, and a discount too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's fantastic. So there you go. Stefan Diggs has been gone for two years now. We're still talking about it. <laughs> and, uh, I think part of the reason that they might have been okay with that was because Last year, they drafted Mr. Justin Jefferson, and boy, did that work out because he was basically being slept on, given all the drama in Minnesota, came on and just dominated for them. He was amazing. Not enough superlatives in the world to talk about what Justin Jefferson was actually able to do, especially given the actual limited amount of opportunities he had to do it. He was phenomenal. So, Yeah, I was going to say, the the limited amount of opportunities learn the playbook and get a connection like no proper off season, no preseason just to come in and then be wide receiver six. Yeah. Yeah. In his rookie just, year. just walk on and just dominate just with no run up. No, nothing doesn't know anybody COVID year. All your, all your meetings are on zoom, like, and just a ball out of control. So he was one of the biggest success stories in all of fantasy last year. And if you, had Justin Jefferson, I mean, there's a decent chance you won your league. Uh, that's that's the kind of value that you were able to get. So he's coming into year two. I, I think everybody would agree he's the established wide receiver one at this point, which is funny to say because you're, you're talking about a team that has Adam Thielen, who's been there for quite a while. And he was the wide receiver one at various points going through the dig saga and all of those different things. But he already has been supplanted by Justin Jefferson. I just, he's, 
Justin Jefferson is wide receiver five in our projections. And he's what? He is four for me. So how about you? Where do you have Justin Jefferson? Yeah, four for me as well. Yeah. So you just can't say enough nice things about it. He comes in and he's already the number four wide receiver in fantasy. This isn't the Stefanski Vikings anymore. They're still a run heavy team, but it's not that run heavy. So there are more passing opportunities to be had. But Justin Jefferson at this point, I mean, he's he's a top five wide receiver. It didn't, it's, it's crazy to watch for a guy who's in his sophomore season in the NFL to be being drafted at that point. And yet I have no pushback on those who want to do it. So I think the real conversation here, Steve, is around what to do with Adam Thielen, right? right. Everybody agrees that Justin Jefferson's a stud. So what do you do with now number two wide receiver in Minnesota, Adam Thielen? Well, Adam Thielen, the, the reason that he's been, I don't want to say hyped up, but the reason that he's been so productive throughout his career, they were willing to get rid of Diggs because of how well Thielen was playing as an undrafted wide receiver to come in and do what he's been able to do. Remember, he had that start uh, to the season a couple of years ago where he had 10 consecutive games of over 100 yards receiving. So he's breaking records. He's very consistent. He's a fantastic route runner. Um, courtesy of our guy, Matt Harmon, reception perception. It was him and Stefan Diggs were the only uh, duo, the only pair on a single team to be top 10 in route running. So he's a great runner. He's a fantastic like wide receiver from a technical standpoint. My argument against Adam Thielen has always been it's been touchdown dependent. Last year, he put up okay numbers. And he ended up finishing fairly high. If you look at it overall on the season, Adam Thielen, and we talked about this too on the show a lot. So anybody familiar with what we we talked about um, last year and how we kept harping on it was the fact that Adam Thielen in 15 games last year ended up finishing as wide receiver 10. So you had Justin Jefferson at six and Adam Thielen is at 10, which is crazy. But then when you dive into the numbers, if you actually took away touchdowns because we were looking at it for Tyreek Hill purposes. Uh, if you took away touchdown production, just who's getting hyped up by their touchdown numbers, Adam Thielen dropped from wide receiver 10 all the way down to wide receiver 33, just based yeah. on yardage and receptions. However, what's really changed is kind of the big thing here. Like nothing on this roster has really changed. They haven't added anybody. They've only lost one pass catcher, and we haven't gotten there yet. Well, they've yeah. I guess it's technically one. It was Kyle Rudolph who they That's lost. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, and they also lost their quote unquote number three wide receiver in Olabisi Johnson, who tore his ACL and is going to miss this year now. So really, nothing's changed in terms of what they should be doing in their production. The defense is still just as bad. The division around them has already gotten better, except for the Lions. So, I, I mean, to be fair, I think Adam Thielen is going to be relatively getting the same opportunities he had last year, but he's in line for some touchdown regression. To me, I have him ranked at 25 because I feel like that's close to his floor and that's where I'd feel comfortable uh, taking Adam Thielen. What about you? Where do you have Thielen? I have Thielen at 27. Because okay. that is what I think the floor is. Because you had mentioned 33 was the number we were talking yeah. about at the. If he had, yeah, if he had no 
touchdowns at all. Right. And so he obviously won't get no touchdowns. Right. But I have some concerns about touchdown regression, same as you, which yeah. is why I have him at 27, because that's where I feel like I am getting a steal mm-hmm. on Adam Thielen, because if he gives me that's where the ceiling becomes a factor, right? Where it's like, yeah. well, what if he doesn't hit the touchdown regression? Suddenly I have a borderline top 10 receiver. Great. But I'm also building in the idea that it's going to be very hard for him to repeat that season that he had last year. Right. And that's what I'm like. Like we talked about, he finished at 10 because of what he did. He was at 33 without the touchdowns. So if you hedge and go kind of in the middle, you're looking at about 21, 22. And he's at 22 in the ECR right now, but he's going at 18 in ADP. And that's what I want to talk about. And to me, that's not even crazy. It's not because, that crazy. It's just I'd caution people against it. That's why I wanted to just bring it up because sure. I, I think you're getting a little too close to drafting him at his ceiling as opposed to it just depends on how where you hedge it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's well, it's just a, it's and it depends on how the risk. board shakes out as well. Like one of those, you know, how does the how, how does the board fall to you? Right. Be water. Be, be able to adapt and move and change. Don't go in with a set strategy. Yeah, don't be too rigid. Right, because Adam Thielen right now is going at wide receiver 18, which is 48 overall. So back end of the fourth, top end of the fifth round. And when you're talking about a wide receiver who could potentially, like we said, finish top 10 like he did last year, am I saying it's out of the realm of possibility that I would be willing to take a guy like Adam Thielen at that point. No, like again, I have him ranked at 25 from wide receiver, but I always have more wide receivers in my PPR rankings higher than the general public would. So for me, wide receiver 25 is actually 55 overall. That's only seven spots behind where he's going in ADP. Yeah. So it's, it's not totally insane. It's Mm -hmm. just be aware that as we're talking about here, just be aware of what we were of what we're saying. You've got to build in some kind of regression. Don't don't be the person in your draft who's like Adam Thielen and try and take him to repeat that top ten season. Nobody's doing that right now, fortunately, as far as the ADPs and things go. So don't just don't be that person. Just don't yeah. overpay for any of this and make sure you stick trying to get him in that back end of the fourth round, top part of the fifth round type of thing, and then you'll be fine. Because he is a wide receiver, too. It's not the Stefanski Vikings, to my point from a moment ago. They can support two wide receivers. But here's the thing. I think they can only support two wide receivers. Because if we expand out to pass catchers, we mentioned Kyle Rudolph is no longer there. One of the other reasons, I think, to maybe be a little concerned about Adam Thielen for touchdown regression is Irv Smith Jr., who has been somebody that fantasy folks have been on for quite a while. And it looks like we're finally going to get our chance to see Irv Smith be the main tight end for the first time for the Vikings. He's had flashes. He had a very nice end to 2020, which is why I think they were okay letting Kyle Rudolph go uh, out to New York. And so are you a little concerned about Irv Smith in the red zone? Because that's that's where a lot of my concerns are about Irv Smith taking away some of that feeling stuff when we get into the red zone. Uh, not particularly. It's, okay. just, it's just never been there. There, That's not how they utilize their guys, unfortunately. It hasn't um, been, but I was curious yeah. if you thought they might change that a little bit. So it sounds no. like the answer. Because is again, uh, you've got Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and even Tyler Conklin were all there last year when Thielen was getting those red zone looks and scoring those red zone touchdowns. So now you've removed 
one of those threats to, to compete with Adam Thielen in the red zone in Kyle Rudolph. And to me, I've kind of put more, um, more touchdown opportunity on Irv Smith, but it, because of Kyle Rudolph leaving and kind of that up a little bit, that's why I haven't regressed Adam Thielen as much as I normally would have in terms of his touchdown regression for this season. And that being said, you did regress him significantly to go from 10 to 25. So Mm -hmm. there is a significant drop in there. That's why I wanted to flesh this out for everybody. So if we stick with Irv Smith for a second, and you know, for for our purposes, by the way, our website would tell you that taking Adam Thielen, where he's currently being drafted, if you go by our projections, we have him projected at wide receiver 19. But again, rankings factor in regression and things like that. That's why rankings mm-hmm. are different than projections. You know what yep. I mean? So if you're just going by our projection, I can totally understand why Adam Thielen's going at 18, 19, 20, 17. Sure. Especially given what he was able to do last year, you are still building in some regression. Yeah. So I can't really slap your hand and say, no, bad. No, I'd say more or less draft away. And then real realistically, I think Irv Smith just gets a lot of vol- just gets a lot of more love than normal because on our website we've got him projected for TE fifteen. I'm a little bit more bullish on that. I've got him in that like 11, 12, 13. He's right at thirteen, right in front of Tyler Higby. He's in that group of oh, I missed out on the big parts of tight end. Okay, let's grab guys. Like let's grab guys that might be something. He's in that group of people for me. Yep. So I'm guessing he's right there for you too. Yeah, based yeah. on what you said a same, moment ago. Yeah, same tier of this is a guy who could be something, could be absolutely nothing, and it may depend on if he scores a touchdown. Yep. And so that's why he ends up at like the 13 neighborhood. Just yeah. go for it. Hold, you know, give it a shot. It's worth it. And there's a chance that he managed to just absorb that entire that entire Kyle Rudolph role and it goes into one guy, and that would have value, especially given where tight end is at. So right. but realistically. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the majority of it because there's nobody else at tight end anymore. There's nobody past uh, Thielen Thielen in the in the wide receiver room. And you mentioned well, it. A I, moment. I mentioned Olabisi Johnson. Yeah, you did hurt. mention Olabisi Johnson. So, so Amir Smith Marset is okay. now the wide receiver three. Uh, so he's going to get some of the work out of the slot. It also I know our like colleague Jack is very interested in uh, in Amir, Amir Smith Marset. Yeah, yeah. He, he's. It's not even that. I, you know, I'm bullish on Marset, but he is a talented guy. Um, he does have, he's an athletic build, basically, is what it is. Is He's got a lot of different skills that are going to be useful to them. They're going to use him on a bunch of gadget stuff. He's going to be used for end arounds. He's probably going to be their primary punt and kick returner. So he's going to have opportunities to be on the field. But again, unless you're in a punt and kick return league that values those type of yards, then... Uh, no, he doesn't have any real redraft value. Yeah, and I don't think they can support because I think what they the team can support based on the, their normal projection because we've seen this offense before. They mm-hmm. can support, you know, they can running back the two guys. They can support a running back and two wide receivers and kind of a tight end. Right. That's usually what they can support in a consistent manner, and yeah. everything else is kind of a dart throw. Yeah. So sure, if Amir Smith, Marset, and you're in a punt return league, and that floats your boat. Sure. Yeah. It's not going to be expensive. I can tell you that right now. Right. And then the other guy, they signed DD Westbrook formerly with Jacksonville. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's and he's gonna probably going to be the primary Z. Yeah. Feeling uh, working out of the slot. And then and they still have Chad BB who I thought wouldn't make the team before Ola BC Johnson went down, but now he probably does make the team. So yeah. Chad BB will be there. They still have KJ Osborne. None of it really matters for fantasy purposes. You'd have to get really far down this, 
down the injury list yeah. before any of these guys would play meaningful ball. It's really the big four like point centers here for, for getting you prepped for drafting. And some of the rest of that's just kind of names to know as we kind of float around because they just can't, they don't have enough offense to support anybody that isn't in the big four. Yep. And beyond that, we touched on it a little while ago. You mentioned it. The defense is going to be disaster. Terrible. So they've, they've regressed significantly. I know it's important to we bring this up because some folks I think might still remember the Vikings defense of yesterday, right? Like mm-hmm. when it was decent, and that's not going to be that defense anymore. No. They've lost a lot of their key players on defense because they just can't afford it. And that's that's going to mess with the whole chemistry of the team. So it's part of the other reason why I didn't really want to totally bury uh, Thielen was because if that defense is going to be that bad, they might get out of their game script a little bit and have to throw it a little bit more <laughs> than they like, normally just, would. Than they yeah. normally would because they're going to try and ground and pound you out. I know that's their philosophy, but if you're losing by 28 points because your defense can't stop anybody, you might have that problem. So it's something to be aware of. Their kicker is Greg Joseph. It does not matter. It's it, none of the kicker stuff matters. It's it's really kind of just. Please stop playing kicker. I'm so tired of talking. (laughs) Can we just stop as a society playing kicker, pretending that it matters? But that's it, man. Nice. As far as I'm concerned, that's every, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Amir Smith Marset, but beyond that, I think that's the only kind of dart throw. There's nothing else really to discuss. So nice little bow, big four guys, guys that we're, we're a little bit bullish on and weirdly enough might actually like, it's a shame you can't get Justin Jefferson for a value anymore. (laughs) It's so nice. Yeah. It's a shame, but it is what it is. We'll have to we'll have to adjust and move on. But for tomorrow, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. This is going to be have a little bit of I think it's going to have a little bit of a Las Vegas show vibe to it. But we're going to be talking about the uh, the New England Patriots. So please tune in tomorrow. Check that out. And uh, in the meantime, let us know about uh, if there's any feedback you have, and hit us up on importantnonsense.com/patreon. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!